0: Hi everyone, this is Nellie. Thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today's March 18th, 2022. Today's song is God is on the Move by Seventh Time Down. And seventh is spelled with the number seven, E-V-E-N-T-H. Spelled a little differently there, so Seventh Time Down. I'm going to read scriptures from the book of Numbers today, and I've titled today's message, Move for God, God's Timing. I hope that I encourage and strengthen someone's walk with God today, and also on how, when to move for God, and how important God's timing is. In the song, God is on the move, it says, God is on the move in mighty ways. And I believe that he is on the move in mighty ways. in, in right before our eyes, we are seeing, seeing him. Uh, his prophetic holy Bible, there's no lies found in it. Things take place, have been taking place. We cannot fully ever know the mind of God, but we can see when He's moving, when when things are happening that He said would happen. That is Him moving, and we also should recognize when He's telling us to move or when He's telling us to be still. But He's certainly not telling us to never move, to be comfortable and never growing in our walk with God. In the song God is on the Move, it also says, or dares to speak the truth that sets men free. We have to dare to speak the truth that sets men free. I find myself talking about God lately and I. Always do pray for boldness but it's a good idea to pray for boldness every single day so when you talk about God it's like it's no it's nothing out of the normal it could be something out of the normal for the person hearing you I said to the other day in the doctor's office I asked God to show me this and he did (laughs) that's and She just kind of sat there and nodded with a smile and, and I don't know if she thought I was nuts. I mean, I, but I will incorporate God into, because I did ask God. So, and he is my friend. So dare to speak the truth that sets men free. And it's, it's speaking the truth for the person listening. It, the word of just, just saying you know I'm asking God for this and he listened and he, and he, and he showed me and the song also says anytime the choice is to stand upon the word people get rewarded for standing on the truth for standing for God for having God's back he says he says he, he will reward those people that stand with him in his truth. It can't be watered down. You have to speak the truth. And the song also says, I see a generation standing on the truth. If we're not teaching the new generation the, the tr- full truth of the Bible and giving them wishy-washy information, They may never know God, atheism, I'm speaking along the terms of atheism, or they can be cold for Christ or lukewarm for Christ and be, be... like this generation who only has time for God when they have time for God or when something rotten is happening in their lives they have time for God or more time for God we if this generation doesn't pick up the speed to teach the new generation the full truth they will most certainly get left behind we we wanna we wanna encourage people to be hot on fire for the Lord. And the and the final line out of the song that I'll I'll say right now is and some and to some says send me here I'll go. He sends people He sends people to go and do this, that, or the other thing, but it's on God's timing. It's on God's timing. Okay, I'll start in Numbers chapter 7, verse 89. If you want to get out your your Bibles, Numbers chapter 7, verse 89 says this, Now, when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with him, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim. So he spoke to him. Pause, that's the end of that scripture. I read that because God speaks to Moses face to face, he sees his form. Moses sees his form. In the book of Leviticus, God shows Moses the layout and the construction, the architecture, everything of how he wants his mercy seat and the the ark of the testimony and the tabernacle and the tent of meeting, all of that. He shows him how to make all of it. And then he gives certain people the ability to make it just as God showed Moses to do with, with certain colored cloth uh, certain material he had everything down to the very to the very uh, every detail as it looked in heaven God would rest on the uh, the, the ta- tabernacle in the tent of meeting in a pillar of cloud by day he would, he would rest and when, then he would lift the pillar of cloud it was time for the Israelites to move but when he led him out of the land of Egypt into the Sinai wilderness he led him by day with, by, within a pillar of cloud and then when it became night He would lead them in a pillar of fire. And this is how he would lead the people. But he was showing them an example of his mighty, 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 (laughs) you know, the majesty of God is leading the people. Can you imagine? We can see him in the pillar of cloud leading us this way or that way or that way or resting on the tabernacle when it was time for us to encamp around him. And then he, we'd know when it was time to move because we could see the pillar of cloud. Uh, the Israelites, uh, this, these stories in Numbers are, are, they're so important because he's teaching us his his mighty power. He's teaching us when to follow him and when to be still. He he's, these are our lessons, through through how he handled the Israelites from the beginning of time when, when he freed them out of the land of Egypt. So I will go next to chapter 9, if you want to turn to chapter 9, verses 15 through 23. Now, this talks in more into the cloud on the tabernacle where God where God would rest on the tabernacle. And when he lifted off the tabernacle, it was time for the Israelites to move move on and they would follow him. So the tabernacle, the ark, the ark had Aaron's staff in it and the manna from heaven, some of the manna from heaven. Can't remember the other item. But the description of all that God had them make for his spirit to rest on. Oh, beautiful, beautiful description of all this that they, I mean, God wrote in style. So I'll go ahead and read The Cloud on the Tabernacle. Now, on the day that the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, and in the evening, it was like the appearance of fire over the tabernacle until morning. So it was continuously, the cloud would cover it by day, and the appearance of fire by night. Pause. The tent of the testimony and the tent of meeting there was a maybe one day I'll go back and describe all that but it's very lengthy but, but God had a tent of meeting where he would meet with Moses and he also assigned the Levites not all of them they had certain Aaron's sons could go into the tent of meeting, but they had to be purified. They had to be sanctified before they could even enter. And Moses was the chosen man of God. At that time, he only spoke directly to Moses. Moses could go in and talk with God. Moses is also a Levite. God chose him later on we'll read because he was a humble man of God and he he was unwavering in his in his faith so god would rest on the tabernacle and by day in a cloud and by fire at night to light up the Pro <laughs> I'm sure it gave a lot of light to the people. Verse sixteen So it I sorry I did read that already. I'll read it again. So it was continuously. The cloud would cover it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, afterward the sons of Israel would then set out. And in the place where the cloud settled down, there the sons of Israel would camp. Pause. So when God didn't want to move, he stayed on the, on the tabernacle. And when it was time to set out, they had to pack it up. And they had to carry the tent of meeting and the ark and the... Uh, they had to carry all of it out. And then when God rested, would rest on it. It would be time to settle down. And the Israelites had to camp. Verse 18. At the command of the Lord, the sons of Israel would set out. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud settled over the tabernacle, they remained camped. Pause. Pause. They remained camped. God was teaching them when to go, when to stop. He was teaching them discipline. Now we can feel for ourselves when to move for God. We can. But we have to first learn learn how, how to notice that. He can speak to us through the Holy Bible. He can speak to us through song through nature, through another person. He has many ways to speak to us. Many ways. You just have to watch for it. And I strongly believe if you have, if you have a willingness to grow in God and strengthen your relationship, because that's our goal, to have a closer personal relation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we can then... Then He, he will teach us more, call upon us more, speak to us more. We, like I said earlier, we get rewarded. So if you're not seeking him or anything like that, and you're like, why, shoot, I don't hear from God ever. There's probably a reason why you've got to spend some time with him and you've, you've got to learn discipline I have someone in my life that I, I, <laughs> there's such a thing as t- standing still for too long. You're standing still and you're not l- picking up the word of God. You're not, All oh, you know, many people are in this situation. I speak to God. I sing to God. But... It's not really spending time, enough time, because everything else is consuming your time. If everything else is consuming your time, perhaps you give God five minutes of your time during the day, or a quick lifted prayer, or something, you know, you want something. Try to get out of that habit. I know there's, there are a lot of people, they work long, long hours a week beyond the 40 hours, and then they have school, college. On top of that, and they're tired. I used to be that uh, where, well, I was tired because I'd have to work the 40 hours, and then, I, you know, all my ailments, I don't sleep well, and so that was just really, really hard on me. Physically and emotionally, because it takes a lot to to put that many hours in when you're not feeling a hundred percent or un, uh, without any energy. But I would pick my Bible up at night and give time to God. But I would also, during my lunch break, have my Bible and would read read <laughs> uh, just because. The, We get spiritual food from reading the Bible. You can certainly feel, and I mentioned before, when you're when you are when a person is empty, or half empty. Their their fuel line is on e. You can feel it. You can get spiritual food by reading the Holy Bible and be lifted up again and filled. So. Verse 19, even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the sons of Israel would keep the Lord's charge and not set out. If sometimes the cloud remained a few days over the tabernacle, according to the command of the Lord, they remained camped. Pause. Notice it says, according to the command of the Lord, they remained camped. So, God was showing them when to move, when to, when to get up. It, but if the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, that was the Lord's charge. They would not set out. They were obeying. Then, according to the command of the Lord, they set out. If sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning, when the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would move out. Or if it remained in the daytime and at night, whenever the cloud was lifted, they would set out. Whether it was two days or a month or a year that the cloud lingered over the tabernacle, staying above it. The sons of Israel remained camped and did not set out. But when it was lifted, they did set out. At the command of the Lord, they camped and at the command of the Lord, they set out. They kept the Lord's charge according to the command of the Lord through Moses. Pause. I apologize. My earbud keeps coming out of my ear, and that's probably making some noise on your end. I, I, I am really sorry if that's too loud. So, in what I just said, sometimes God would would stay over the tabernacle for a year. (laughs) And when you're waiting on God's timing, a year can seem long. And sometimes people wait on God's timing for two years or however long it takes. God is teaching about, teaching us about God's timing. Because if we go ahead of God's timing. I don't want to wait anymore. We might make wrong. We will make wrong choices because God, if God's not going along with us, he's not going with us as we're going ahead of him because he hasn't moved yet for us to make those, to to take charge of our own lives. God needs to take charge of our lives only so this is teaching us when to move when to not move by this a very strong example from the God of ages from the God of ages the next scripture is found in chapter a few scriptures are found in chapter 11 We will start with verse 4. Oh, I do, sorry, I, I circled a scripture in, in chapter 10, verse 35, which says this. So when, when, the, when the cloud would lift up and it was time to go... This is verse 35. Then it came about when the ark set out that Moses said, rise up, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered and let those who hate you flee before you. When it came to rest, he said, return, O Lord. (laughs) Moses really had an intimate relationship with God. He really did. Was very comfortable to speak to God And so he, when, when, when God would rise up from the cloud, Moses would say, rise up, O Lord. I love that. Okay, so back to verse four in in chapter 11. Actually, no, sorry. I might just add that I'm, it's early in the morning, (laughs) so I'm trying to, I'm not quite awake, not that I'm ever, (laughs) okay, so chapter 11, verses 18 through 20, that's where I'll read. Say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. And you shall eat meat, for you have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Oh, that someone would give us meat to eat. For we were well off in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat and you shall eat. You shall eat not one day. Nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? Pause. The Israelites have really done it now. They were grumbling to Moses because they'd only had manna to eat and they had not had any meat. Now, if God would have, would have wanted to provide them meat, he would have. But he, he teaches us discipline in many ways. And the manna that was provided from God was miraculous in itself because they're in the wilderness and they're finding daily bread every day to eat and be filled later on in the old in the new testament we find jesus the messiah saying he is our daily bread from heaven wasn't moses that called bread down from heaven He is the bread of heaven that gives us our daily bread every day. So God is disciplining the Israelites here. But they're grumbling and saying, you know, geez, in Egypt, we had all kinds of fine foods. Why why did you take us from there? We had all kinds. Oh, that we could just go back to Egypt, into slavery. They might have been eating good, but boy, they were worked so hard there. <laughs> so hard. They didn't remember that, that they were slaves, or they did remember, but they didn't care. Anyway, they were getting a little tired of following God, and they wanted meat, and they were, they were mad. Um, so God says, you want some meat? You're going to get some meat. You're going to get so much meat... That it's going to come out of your nostrils and become loathsome. Because God is hearing them say, Why did we ever leave Egypt? Now, (laughs) God has done so much for them. And has shown them his his miraculous powers. They are physically seeing the God of ages They might not be seeing his form like Moses was. But they are seeing him by day and by night. The power of God moving with them. And they want to go back to... They want to leave God and go back to Egypt. God is mad. So God gives them their meat. But in verse 23 of chapter 11... Well, first Moses is saying, I've got uh, 600,000 people. You want me to, and you, so you're telling them, you're telling me that they're going to have meat for an entire month? So Moses is very comfortable with God, isn't he? And the Lord says in verse 23 the Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's power limited? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. Pause. Have you ever asked yourself that? Is the Lord's power limited? No, it isn't. It may seem limited when we ask for things and we don't get them for, you know, in my own circumstance, you know, certain health issues I ask to be lifted from me. But he doesn't choose to do that. But, he's cho- he, but I do see his work in my life. Choosing to relieve me of other things I pray for. So I want you guys to also realize that when we call upon the Holy Spirit. He encamps over us as he encamps over the tabernacle. We are on holy ground. <clears throat> he, camps, he encamps over us. The Lord God Almighty And that's something that we we need to reflect on. Is the Lord's power limited? No. It might be held back for a moment because he sees our future. He He knows our path. He knows what's ahead. So anyway, Moses tells the people that the Lord is going to feed them. But in verse 25... It says this, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him, and he took of the Spirit who was upon him and placed him upon the seventy elders. And when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do it again. Pause. Moses, is he had also complained to God that there was just too many for him to be to have charge over because they were grumbling all the time and he just didn't want it all on his own shoulders on and Moses didn't so God says bring me 70 elders and I will take some of the Holy Spirit from you Moses and I will put the Holy Spirit upon the 70 elders so he took from Moses to give to the 70 elders of the Spirit Holy Spirit And they prophesied for one it says it rests the spirit rested and they prophesied but they did not do it again so I'm assuming they just did this for one for that moment in time it wasn't didn't go on to the next day so there is and now we have each that believe in the Messiah we have the a portion of the Holy Spirit. We're all we all are included in this beautiful. We've all been given the Spirit. The, those that believe. I will go over to chapter twelve, verses one through fifteen. No, I want to. Sorry, I want to go back because. I want to mention that when God gave them the meat for a month and it was coming out of their nostrils, he he sends them quail, so much quail. And it sounds as though the Israelites kept stuffing their faces with quail until it came out of their nostrils, not by choice. God was making them sick. Because they wanted return, they wanted to return back to Egypt and not be with him. They were turning back. They wanted to turn back away from God. So God said, You guys wanted meat, here you go. Many of them died eating that quail. Many of them died eating that quail. So, go into chapter 12, and I'll put the, these verses, these last two items together here, because now I'm going to go into the murmuring of Miriam and Aaron. Miriam is the wife of Aaron, and Aaron is the brother of Moses. And a little background on Aaron. Moses, when God first called him to help, to be his chosen person, to get the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, the Israelites. He said, don't send me. I have a speech impediment. I'm slow, slow of speech. Send my brother Aaron. And Aaron, well, God said, no, I'm going to still send you, but I'll send Aaron to help you. So this is where Aaron comes in and he, he actually helps Moses per God's willingness during the time of the, uh, the Israelites being enslaved to Egypt and those plagues that happened in, in uh, the book of Exodus. So that's a little, little information on Aaron. I wanted to say also that the, the, God uses all people but when he picks somebody for an assignment the person first has to be humble and usually the p- person has troubles <laughs> Moses could w- was slow in speech the apostle paul said he was an was not an eloquent speaker so the reason i'm throwing that in is because sometimes i wonder why i am chosen to do this podcast because I'm not an eloquent speaker. I fumble my words. Uh, I'm trying the very best to follow God's instruction and teach as he teaches me because I'm noticing when I'm reading the, the Old Testament, he's showing me more and more. So I've got to sh- show you. So your ears hear the power of God, the The power of God. Okay, so the murmuring of Miriam and Aaron. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. For he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard it. Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than any man who was, who was on the face of the earth. Pause. Nobody on the face of, of the earth was humble, very humble at this time. So obviously, Miriam and Aaron were not humble. And in the book of Exodus, when Moses goes up to Mount Sinai and shows him the plans on how to build the tabernacle, and he also writes out on a stone tablet that the uh, finger of God wrote out the Ten Commandments. Well, while they, according to the Israelites, they were taking too long. They didn't know, well, what happened to Moses? He's, he hasn't come down in a while. And they said to Aaron, build us build us a, a, a golden calf for our God. <laughs> and Aaron did it. He built him. says, give me some of your gold jewelry. I'm going to build you a golden calf, and that will be your God, and you, you guys can follow the golden calf. So no, Aaron wasn't humble and, and uh, faithful. But doesn't mean that God still didn't use Aaron because he, spoke, he used Aaron of the Levites to do the service, the tent service, the tent of the tabernacle. They had to consecrate themselves and be sanctified before they could enter, but he did not say, okay, Aaron, from here on out, I'm not using you. No. He just isn't speaking to Aaron face to face and Aaron isn't able to see God's form. So these, these, he and his wife are grumbling here, mainly Miriam. So in verse 4 says, Suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and to Miriam, You three come out to the tent of meeting. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent. And he called Aaron and Miriam. When they had both come forward, he said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. So he's either, pause, so he's either going to show himself in a vision or speak to somebody in a dream if they are a prophet of God. So and it's important also to hear that suddenly, just, just like that, God appears to all three of them, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, and calls Aaron and Miriam forth. They can't come in, so he meets them at the entrance. And, yikes, calls them forward, and he says to, starts out and says, Hear my words. In verse 7, he says, if if you're a prophet and I, if I get, well, before that, he says, if I give you a vision or a dream, then you are a prophet of God. In verse 7, it says, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. With him, I speak mouth to mouth, even openly and not in dark sayings. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, against Moses? Pause. He spoke to Moses, mouth to mouth. He didn't, he he just spoke just regularly to Moses, didn't have to try to figure out what God was saying. God spoke directly. Not in, not in uh, sayings or or parables, or he just spoke directly, and he also beholds the form of the Lord, and he's asking Aaron and Miriam, "You're not afraid to speak to my servant Moses, the one who is faithful. Moses is the only one faithful out of everyone from the earth." So Miriam and Aaron are speaking to Moses that why do you think God's only speaking to you? He's not only speaking to you. God is really mad, really mad. Because speaking to Moses, the one that God speaks directly to face to face is saying you're you're not afraid of God either. And God's anger is lit up. In verse 9, I'll finish reading this. So the anger of the Lord burned against them and he departed. But when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. As Aaron turned toward Miriam, behold, she was leprous. Then Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, I beg you. Do not account this sin to us, in which we have acted foolishly, in which we have sinned. Pause. Now Moses is speaking to his brother, I I mean, Aaron is speaking to his brother Moses. This is a small, uh, uh, Lord isn't in in capitals. And he's begging Moses to have pity on them because they have sinned against Moses. Verse 12, Oh, do not let her be like one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes from his mother's womb. Moses cried out to the Lord saying, Oh God, heal her, I pray. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? Let her be shut up for seven days outside the camp and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut up outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until Miriam was re- was received again. Pause. That's the end of that scripture. There, The so God is so mad, he turns Miriam into a leper. She's cast out for seven days. Being cast out means you're, you're you you can not be near God. You're you're outside the tent. You've been you've been you, you've got to get out. And because if in the book of Leviticus, if you have a skin disease, an open skin disease, the, I believe it's either Moses or, or Aaron has to check it out. And if it's, if it's open and not healing, you've got, you, you've, you're set, you're sent outside of the camp and then seven days after that, they'll check it to see if it's healed. If it's healed, you're, you can come back into the tent. You're, un, you're not unclean any, any longer. But if it's still not healed after the seven days, there's, you, you have to wait another seven days, and they would check it again. And if still not healed, that person was considered to be unclean and left out outside of the tent. So this is what's happening to Miriam. Only, there's no denying that she's a leper (laughs) he's covered her from her whole body is leprous so there's not check no checking her in seven days so that's why Aaron is pleading with Moses to help his his wife and so then God in turn is pleading to God for his brother and his wife so his wife can come back but God says that she's going to be punished for seven days this is her punishment I've cast her out for seven days, but God returns her back to her, to her regular self after the seventh day and she's able to come back into the camp. But God is showing us that we cannot speak against one of his chosen people. because there's a penalty you're unclean we have to recognize now because Jesus Christ Jesus came down from heaven and died for us once for all on the cross and he and his blood cleanses us cleanses our skin clean our bodies clean but we have to repent of the error of our ways repent to be received all of this is good stuff because we're learning we're learning how to develop in our character. We're learning how to to move when God says move to, to stay still when God says to stay still. I'll go over to chapter thirteen. Oh, and the connection between the people, That it had so much quail that they died. God got rid of a lot of people at that point. He. I forget how many. How many he got. Rid of. Well, in verse 33 in chapter 11, it says, While the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people. And the Lord struck the people with a very severe plague because of their greed. He got rid of a lot of of people. But at this time, he had, like I said, done so much for the israelites getting them out of slavery and they 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 wanting to turn back so god got angered and with miriam and aaron he god got angry because miriam uh, wants to be equal with moses (laughs) basically her greed greed has taken place Uh, covetousness has taken place, jealousy has taken place. She wants to be just as special as Moses. And God says, you're not, you guys are not faithful. You guys are not faithful. Uh, You're not humble. They're more, uh, they're more, like the Israelites because like I said God couldn't find any any other person in the whole world to be faithful. It's really sad. So chapter 13 verses 30 to 33 says this. I'm almost done. This talks about Caleb. Caleb is of the tribe of Judah. And he is, he, he recognizes that God is with them. <laughs> it's not lost to him that God has been with them. It says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. Pause. God through Moses, sends 12 people into the land of Canaan to check it out, to see uh, who lives there and if they're strong or weak, if their cities are fortified or not. And the descendants of Anak were there. And... In the book of Genesis, it talks about the Nephilim, and these were offspring from the angels, would, the, the fallen angels would have sex with the women of the earth, and they their children were called Nephilim. because they were half angel, half human. Now, these are the people that are living in... Well, they were living in the Negev, in, in this land that these 12 spies went to go check it out. One of the 12 spies was Caleb and Joshua. Now, these two were strong in the Lord, Caleb more so. And so these descendants from Anak are the Amalek, and they're living in the land of the Negev, and they're giants. They're strong giants, like the, like the giant in the story of David and Goliath. He was a Nephilim. He was a, a man of great size. So these people, they're strong. And the, the other tw- ten spies are saying, we're not going to go in there. These people are giants. We're not going to overtake them. They neglected to recognize that God is with them. And God can do anything. If God is with you, you can do do it. If God is with you, you can do it. If God is not with you, you choose to go ahead of him, you're not going to... It won't go as planned. So Caleb, he... He says, uh, we can surely overcome it. We can surely do so because we have the Lord God Almighty with us. He says, we can take possession of it. We can surely overcome it. And... In chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept, all, wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had, had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Pause. Yikes. <laughs> They're really pushing God now, for sure. They are, they are really pushing God. And God gets really mad and he says, I'm going to do away with this, this people. He says, this is God's response. He says, uh, oh, when the congregation wanted to stone Caleb and Joshua, Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, How long will this people spurn me? And how long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? I will smite them with pestilence and depossess them. And I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they He's telling Moses that I'm doing away with them and you, you and yours will go into the promised land. But Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it. For by your strength, you have brought up this people from their midst and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them. And you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. And he's saying to God, now, if you slay these people, then what will the Egyptians say? You took them out of Egypt just to kill them in the wilderness? So the Lord changes his mind. And he also reminds Lord, the Lord in verse 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 18. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving inequity and transgression. But he will by no means clear the guilty visiting the inequity of the fathers on the children to the third and the, and the fourth generations. Pardon, I pray, the inequity of this people. It was comfort, comforting for me to hear, but by no means clear the guilty. But God ends up getting rid of the, the Israel, Israelites 20 years, old, 20 years old and older do not make it into the promised land. Anybody under twenty made it into the promised land. That is where God says, "Okay, I'm not going to get rid of all the people," because at this point, remember, God isn't just the people have spurned him. They they, they kept saying, "I'm," you know, "we're we're tired of this leader, God, we want to appoint our own leader," and God has every good. Good reason to be angry. So the Lord says to them, I'll pardon them. But in verse 21, he says, But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. All, pause, all the earth. At this time now, he's saying, All the earth. Not just the Israelites will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice. Shall by no means see the land where I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurn me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. Pause. He also sends in Joshua because Joshua also said we can beat we can beat all those those giants because God is with us. Oh, in verse 27 the Lord also says, "How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who are grumbling against me? I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel, which they are making against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken to my just as I just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will surely do to you. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness." even all your numbered men, according to your complete number from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled against me. So, in verse 33, your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. So all these people that he rescued out of Egypt, that were older than 20, that could not remain faithful to the Lord and hear his voice, And listen, after time and time again, God would forgive them. And he just said, no, you guys, no, you're not going to see the the land flowing with milk and honey. And I will continue that story at another time because I do want to speak a little bit more about Caleb and, and Joshua. I'm sorry I've gone on longer than I had. Uh, hope to today. When we when we hear how God moved and then settled in the cloud of pillar, the cloud of fire, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, when to move, when not to move. But there's such a time as being still and never growing in our walk. We have to grow. If something else is consuming let's just say the world events is consuming your time. All you're reading is news articles and you're listening to the news and that's all that's consuming your time. But you at the same time are saying you're not you're not waiting for God's timing. You're getting impatient. You want to solve the world's problems yourself. Anything that's consuming you. And taking you away from God. And learning and growing in your faith with God. Is not from God. Even if you think it is. Because you're reflecting on how God led armies. To to get rid of a lot of peoples. In the Old Testament. God promises to get rid of evil. He's. We can't jump ahead of God. God will take care of the evilness in this world in His own time. It's our mission on the daily to move for God, to follow God on God's timing. We've got to strengthen ourselves spiritually before we can help anybody physically. We've got to know God more intimately in order to know what God wants from us and how how God works. We can't just assume to jump ahead of God and do and work for God. He has to be with us. Later on I will talk about how the Israelites decided after Moses gave them their report that they weren't going to make it into the promised land. The Israelites wept, of course, but the next morning they said, we're just going to go down and fight these people. <sighs> that was a mistake because Moses said, you can't go down. God isn't with you. And they went down anyway, and God wasn't with them. And those, all those people that went down died at the hand of these giants. So, we've got to just make sure that we don't go ahead of God. We have to always put God first. You know, you're following God more and more so when God is who's on your mind, on your heart, following God with all your mind, all your heart, all your strength, all your might. God is in your mind all the time. You, you're, you're funneling every, every thought through God. If you're doing that, then God will tell, give you the next move. He surely will. I'm going to split this message into two parts because I've gone over. I'll see what I can do. I don't know. I'm sorry I stayed on so long. I really just, it's it's just been on my heart to come on and, and talk to you guys about anything God speaks to me, anything that sticks out from my reading, I want to share with you. Hopefully motivate you to go back, go and read. Go and read for yourselves. So it's, we can know God's timing. So we can get to know the Lord of ages more intimately. More intimately. I have, uh, you can't just believe in your mind. You have to believe in your heart. And the only way we can believe, truly believe in the Lord and all that he's done, all of his miracles, everything. And not turn our backs, not turn away. Is we need to spend time with the Lord God Almighty. Because if you are standing still and not growing. You're jeopardizing your faith. You're jeopardizing your walk. Because that, the, the devil creeps in. And steals more and more of your time away from the Lord. So you're, you're jeopardizing your spirit. So get into the Word of God, move for God, follow God on His timing. All the glory to God. Until next time, bye. And just want to add, that this message may not be cut in half. It just depends on if it goes through. And I really thank you for your patience. I really thank you for listening. And I truly hope that you have a blessed day. Call upon the Lord. Tell him to fill you you with his spirit. Much love to all. All the glory to God. Until next time. Bye.